Welcome to the Center for Christian Spirituality podcast. What follows is an audio recording of the weekly contemplative worship service at Chapelwood United Methodist Church in Houston, Texas. For the next 40 minutes, you are invited to engage and rest with scripture, music, prayer, silence, and brief meditations. Our hope is that you will allow wherever you are right now to be a sacred space for you, perhaps by resting in a favorite chair or lighting a candle, by gazing out a window or relaxing outside. A guide for this contemplative worship experience, including prayers, scriptures, and song lyrics, is available in PDF format at www.chapelwood.org. You can visit that same website to learn more about the Center for Christian Spirituality. The Center provides resources for people who seek a deepening relationship with God in a way that transforms their relationship with God, others, self, and the world. We are grateful you're sharing the journey with us today. touches earth every single moment in the setting sun the whispers on the wind the gentle fall of rain the fragrance when it's over we will taste and we will see and know that God is good may Sense your presence, oh God. May we sense your presence, oh God. Make our sense. Be gateways to all that you are. May we sense your presence, oh God. Heaven touches.
deserve every single moment in the setting sun the whispers on the wind the gentle fall of rain the fragrance when it's over we will taste and we will see and know that God is good. May we sense your presence, oh God. May we sense your presence, oh God. Make our senses gateways to all that you are. May we sense your presence. Welcome to worship here at the Center for Christian Spirituality. Um, whether you're worshiping with us online or you are in this very room, your presence is important. And so we thank you for bringing all of who you are to this time and space. As we enter in more deeply into, into worship, I'd like to invite you, um, as we're in this, this theme of awakening to liberating wisdom, the mindful Christian, and what it means to go deeper into the mind of Christ. Um, I'm going to lead us in an awakening exercise um, that involves all of us, all of our senses that we just sang about. Um, it's called five, four, three, two, and one. So if you just trust me for a moment as I um, offer you some prompts to engage your senses. The first is look around the room in your immediate space and name five things you see. Five things you see. And now, four. Name four things that you feel, that you can touch. Your body against the pew, your clothes against your skin, the air around you. Four things you can touch. And now three, three things you can hear, three things you can hear. 
two. Two things you can smell. Two scents. And finally, one. One thing you can taste. One thing you can taste. But turning and looking at his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, mend your ways, be comforted, be like-minded, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Spirit of truth, enter my mind, so Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. Spirit of truth, enter my mind. Soul of wisdom, enter. Heart. Say.
we are exploring uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians over these next few weeks, and we're coming at it from the perspective of um, mindfulness. Uh, this word mind, um, especially in its verb form, appears more times in Philippians than any other place. And so this idea was really important to Paul uh, in this particular time period when he is writing from prison. I want to read to you um, a few verses in Philippians 2. It's not printed in your bulletin, but I wanted you to hear it in this way. And it'll guide us in the next few minutes as we reflect on this idea together. And it starts in Philippians 2.5. And Paul says, literally, this minding have in you, this minding have in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who emptied himself, a form of a servant taking in a human likeness becoming, he humbled himself. I'll read that again. This minding have in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who emptied himself, a form of a servant taking, in a human likeness becoming, he humbled himself. What are you minding? That might be a question for us uh, this morning. Um, we heard in the scriptures that Rachel read to us as well. Um, it, in Jesus and in Paul, these different letters in the Gospels, there's this idea of what are you minding? Are you minding the things of God or are you minding the things of uh, this earth? Um, and by that, I think, it's the idea of only being glued to your senses, only being stuck on the things of the earth, not the beautiful things of the earth. Um, are you minding the things that are above or the things that are of the earth or of the flesh? Sometimes Paul uses that word. What are you minding? Um, tomorrow we leave, uh, some of us leave to go on this pilgrimage to England, and so I am... Uh, anticipating seeing those signs, mind the gap, right? Mind the gap, uh, which means to pay attention to the gap, right? <laughs> There's this gap right here. I don't want you to fall into the gap, right? Um, so pay attention. Be mindful of the, of the gap. In this passage, though, it's really interesting to me that Paul is saying, that we are to mind this particular way of Christ. And it's not so much of a gap as it is a way of being in the world. And the kind of minding that he is inviting us to is a minding of, of giving. The way that the divine manifests in this world is through self-emptying giving. That passage had this minding in you that was in Christ Jesus, who emptied himself, took the likeness of a human, humbled himself, 
became a servant. And so there's something about the divine that is a giving flow. And I think that's another way of thinking about the divine. It is giving flow. The divine is always giving, always flowing. And so to be one with the divine, to be one with the mind or minding of Christ is to be one with the flow. And what are those things that block the flow in us? And I think that's what Jesus was talking about when he turned around and said to Peter, you're not minding the things of God. You're minding the things of humans who are stuck on the earth only. It's this intersection, really, of earth and heaven that I think we're meant to mind. Um, Sometimes we've talked about there's these two axes, right, that form the cross. There's the horizontal axis and then the vertical axis. And where they meet is, is like the mark. You know, that's, that's the aim. That's the bridge. We're meant to be this bridge between heaven and earth. And so to mind in the way of Christ is to be in the flow so that we can be conscious participants in the divine giving to earth divine manifesting um, in this world um, as us. There's this way I've been working with this lately over the past many weeks now, I think. And, um, and it's really one way of um, practicing what can be called affirmative prayer. Um, it's a particular practice um, where an affirmative prayer it's not that you're affirming things that they might be true. It's that you're affirming things for yourself that are true. And you're just minding that truth. So to say, to affirm the truth, I am one with God, doesn't make it true. You're affirming it because it is true. And we can live our lives as if it's not true. And so whenever we find ourselves minding that we're, there's a gap between us and God, we can deny that truth and affirm the truth, I am one with God. I am one with God. One way that I find that I've practiced affirmative prayer through a lot of my ministry is through contemplative chant. Um, and some of the songs that we sing are really kinds of affirmative prayers. Um, I am not who I was. I'm not who I will be. I am loved. That, that's affirmative prayer. Um, love like a waterfall falling on us. That's a form of affirmative prayer. We're affirming it not to make it true, but we're affirming it because it is true. Um, when I awake, I am still with you. We're going to sing that song in a little bit. But another chant that I've found myself singing here lately is to the tune of Ubi Caritas, which is a Taze chant um, that a lot of us have sung before in one of the Taze services or one of the other services. But the words I've been putting, I've, I've found, have been falling in place with that chant is, I am in the flow, and the flow is in me. I am in the flow, and the flow is me. I am in the flow. And the flow is in me. I am in the flow. 
and the flow is me. Just to be able to affirm that, like wherever I go, wherever I'm walking, or when I'm walking Merida, where I'm in the car, just sometimes that chant will now come to me. And it's a way of minding the truth, of minding, having this minding that was in Christ, that I am in the flow. The flow, the giving flow is in me. And the giving flow is manifesting as me if I just don't get in the way of it. <laughs> if I don't have my mind set on other things. Um, another chant that we sing around here um, is another example of affirmative prayer and affirming that God is in us and God is manifesting through us. And so I now invite you to sing this next chant with me. And if you know the hand motions, uh, I invite you to do the, the body prayer motions as well. It goes like this. God in my words, God in my hands, God in my mind and in my heart. God in my words, God in my hands, God in my mind and in my heart. God in my words, God in my hands, God in my mind and in my heart. God in my words, God in my hands, God in my mind and in my heart. God in my words, God in my hands, God in my mind and in my heart. God in my words, God in my hands, God in my mind and in my heart. God in my words, God in my hands, God in my mind and in my heart. James Finley says, in Christian terms, meditative experience offers the least resistance to the spirit of God within us, who, with unutterable groaning, yearns that we might awaken to eternal oneness with God. As our resistant to, resistance to God's quiet persistence diminishes, our experience of ourselves as other than Christ dissolves into realized oneness with Christ. Little by little, or all at once, we come to that point of blessedness and freedom in which we can say, along with Paul, for me, to live is Christ. 
that is for me to live is for me to be that oneness with God that Christ embodies and proclaims. Resistance. When my children were little, it was so hard to leave the house or to transition from one place to another. I was met with so much resistance. I used all the good parenting strategies, five-minute warnings, encouraging them to do the one last thing they wanted to do before we left the playground. We need to leave in five minutes. What's the one more, what's one more element that you want to play on one last time? We would sing songs. We would role play. We would make up games. So many strategies we would employ <laughs> to lessen the resistance. Quite frankly, it was exhausting. Sometimes these strategies worked and sometimes they didn't. When folks tell young parents to savor every moment, it goes so fast. Trying to get Zoe Shreddy to put her shoes on for the love of all that was holy. Man, it was not one of those moments I wanted to save her. <laughs> I would daydream about what it would be like to not live with so much resistance. To live not having to work so hard. So perhaps that's why the invitation to centering and to meditation was and is still so appealing to me. I don't have to do anything but just allow myself to be held in love. Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest Jesus says, no efforting. I don't even have to wrangle the monkeys in my mind. I'll hear the Spirit say, Rachel, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to show up in any particular way. Let's just sit together. Do you know how radical that sounds to me? No role, no goal. No expectations or task or strategy. The only thing I have to do is not do. I'll sense the call to stillness and immediately my ego starts chatting me up. Yeah, that sounds nice, but what are you going to get out of it? You'll probably fall asleep and you'll definitely fall behind on your tasks. And there's a chance that you'll get frustrated and come out of it in a bad mood. So you should really just keep moving. Remember, you can practice the presence of God anywhere. <laughs> See? See what's happening there? Uh-huh. While that is true, I can practice the presence of God anywhere. The path for my growth runs counter to my ego. When I allow roles and tasks to dissolve, I find myself in love. Then whatever happens, happens. 
something or nothing. It just doesn't even matter. For me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ. I'm happy to report that all my children now put on their own shoes without me even asking. And we leave the house mostly, smoothly, and without fuss or drama or me having to employ any strategy. But as for my meditative experience, let's just say it's a journey, but one that I am so glad to be on. Ah. Uh... 
At this table, we gather to consider Jesus the Christ, whose very being was God, yet who did not seek out the place of honor and privilege. He emptied himself, took the place of a servant, and lived a human life in all its fullness among us. We beheld him in human form, that in humility he went to his death, even death on a cross. He healed the sick. He liberated those in bondage. He awakened those who were asleep. He embodied the kingdom of God on earth. He did not perpetuate a life of retribution and hatred, but rather lived a life of mercy and compassion. Sin stopped in him as he bore its agony, refusing to pass it off on us or any other group or person. In doing so, he showed himself to be the fullness of God-created humanity, even as he fully bore divinity within himself. As God exalted him to the highest place, so today we lift up this bread and this cup. As God gave him a name above all names, so today, so today we call him bread of life and cup of salvation. Before this bread and cup, we bow our lives. As As we we eat eat this bread and and drink this cup today, we confess that that Jesus the Christ is Lord to the glory of Almighty God. God. Amen. Amen. Now together we pray as he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, 
and, and the, the glory, glory forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Oh God, pour out your spirit upon these gifts of bread and cup. May they be for us the body and the blood of Jesus the Christ, that we might be at oneness with him in mind, body, and spirit. To him be all glory and honor and majesty forever. Amen. You are each invited to partake of communion today, every single one of you. There are two communion stations down the two side aisles. You can go to them, and if you need a um, gluten-free option, come to the side with the organ and tell your server, and they will help you. Um, when you come, cup your hands like this, and the bread will be placed in the palm of your hand, and a little cup of juice will be there on the pedestal stand for you. You can come to the prayer rails and make your communion. You can do it right there. You can move to the side, whatever feels right for you. Um, the candle banks are open to receive your prayers. And so we invite you to come and become one with Christ, to become one with each other, and to become one with all the world. Come.
It's been so good to be together in this place and space. So thank you. Thank you for bringing the truth of your beautiful selves today. Um, several announcements. Um, as always, there's Centering Prayer. If you need a little bit more, the group that will meet up here by the organ following the service and worship response time in the Anchor House at 10 o'clock to engage more of this, this content and share with one another. Um, but immediately after the service, uh, we have a group from the center, a group of pilgrims that will be setting out tomorrow for England. Um, and so we want to bless them. And so when the service is over and you've received your good word, if you would, pilgrims especially, move forward. And everyone just move forward. And we're going to, um, to offer a, a blessing for them in their journey together. Um, Let's see, there are other announcements, Wednesday night Enneagram group, a guided silent retreat coming up. But next Sunday, October 22nd, we're going to have a community gathering, which means around 1130, we're going to meet for lunch over at Local Foods at Tanglewood. So if you are interested in getting a bite to eat and enjoying conversation, we invite you um, to the Local Foods at Tanglewood at 1130. Let Haley know and she'll uh, make sure to um, reserve a, a good spot for us that'll fit. I believe that's, that's all. So as is our, um, our habit, um, the benediction comes from within. So solidify that word that has come up for you, that phrase, that encouragement, that point of action that you want to carry with you this week as you turn to go. So let us sit and receive, and receive the mind of Christ. Amen.